This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 715, brought to you by the Netflix Behind the Scenes Podcast. New episodes of Behind the Scenes are out now with new episodes weekly. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Mucky muck, castle made of clouds. There sits Wonder Boy, sitting oh so proudly. Hello, welcome to my fanboy pick of the week, episode 715. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is Josh Flanagan. That is me. That's correct. We're slightly less sick this week. I'm but... pretty much not sick right now. I mean, right. other than being sort of middle-aged and in generally not great uh, shape. Sure. But that's just that's baseline. No, I'm I'm in week four, but as you can hear, not as bad as the previous weeks, but still, uh, the 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 pain is not. It's like a, you know, like a maybe the car that you don't know is entirely rusty inside. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you you look at it, and you go, that doesn't look so bad. I just had um, to fix something like that. So it, it's it's insides. All the insides hurt. <laughs> uh, unrelated, and you don't have to pay attention to this part, Connor. Uh, if any of you out have any audition tapes out there, you want to send them in. Uh, wait, um, what? Don't don't worry about this. Just go do a different thing. I uh, you know I may be I may have a project that I need <laughs> a collaborator on. Like a weekly project. It's like a thing. I mean, it, it actually really helpful if you are familiar with the comic book industry and read regularly. Right. You know what? <laughs> we'll talk off offline. Yeah. So. Yeah. I should have. I'll just I'll drop this in later. It's fine. Um. So there. Yeah. So we are a fanboy. We read our comics, and one of us picks our favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book. The other books from the week. The patron pick. Listener mail. If we have got time, we have fun, even when we're sick, and even when the books are annoying, we still have a good time <laughs> talking to each other. Do you hate uh, comics now? No. No. Um. <laughs> you. You know. There's all kinds of other things happening that make me sure. annoyed. But. But I. I do think that. I don't know if this is the appropriate time or venue, but whatever. Uh, if you, if long-time listeners of the show, and there are there are people who have been listening for for mo- much of the fifteen years we've been doing this, is that we'll go through waves where sometimes we're really excited the books are terrific, sometimes we're you know we're not as excited about the books, and it just has to something has to come along to to make us excited. And I think we're entering for me a downslope. Yeah, where you know. There's some interesting things happening, but for the most part, like DC's a strategic mess, and I find a lot of Marvel stuff really kind of boring right now. Um, like I said, there are standout things and things I enjoy reading, and we're going to talk about some of them certainly. But you know, overall, I think we're in an interesting and, and probably personally precarious position, and people will, might freak out. But it's, this is just the way it goes. We've had this before. It's, it's the nature of a art form that comes out every week without stop yeah, where that's true event you know sometimes uh you, you just pick all right nothing is exciting right now and that's just what happens and it really is I, like i that, feel that sometimes that that uh that newman joke you know the mail yeah. never stops i think about that every time yep yeah it's a it's a wonderfully flexible joke because i mean no matter what you do if it's the thing that you do every week and you have to and maybe it's it's I'm sure it's different for us, you know, because we have a we have work associated with it, uh, you know, than just sort of doing it. But even if I I don't know if I was just doing it for fun, like things would have to stay really good, or you'd have to really curate 
otherwise you're just relying on momentum, which is not satisfying, really. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting because you know it's the same people yep. making these things for the most part, and uh, they're all fine. You know, they're all talented people, but like, I think for Marvel, it's like it's what happens because it's this is the same people. It's the same sure. five five ten writers doing these books. And I, th- and I think there's a bit of a stale feeling for me around a lot of Marvel books. Not not necessarily all of them. Again, we're going to talk about um, some. But like, I'm trying to like I'm looking at the covers of these books I read this week. I'm like, yeah, that was you know, there's nothing that like really like I'm really excited to read. And then yeah, you know, DC's got its own editorial issues that are different. But you know, <laughs> it's just oh, we got stuff to get and, to. And we, don't, and we don't have the image boom which we had a couple years ago to really sort of inject a lot of excitement into yeah comics the the new image boom so it's well, a weird time all the energy is in the you know youth graphic novels and stuff right now i think so we're gonna have to start doing that we'll have to do rain and telgemeier minute um all right so anyway we are uh we what where are we at the script just, we have a good time do the pick for the most part spoiler spoiler warning it's a spoiler this is a review show there'll be spoilers there you go josh at the pick so uh pick of the week this week is wonder twins number 11 whenever i see an 11 by the way uh, whenever I see an eleven, I think the next issue must be the last one. That's that's all I know, because um, this can't go on forever. Um, just in general, I had pretty good time reading my comics this week. I didn't have a ton of them. I made sure to read the ones that I had in my backlog before, so now I'll have to do it at once. Um, I'm down to eight. Oh wow, I'm down to let's see, uh, sixteen. Mm. Which uh, and then I I've dropped things. I said, you know what? I'm not enjoying Black Panther anymore. I'm working through it. I don't like the. I pretty much left all the X Men books because I get. I it. dropped Excalibur. No, something else. But we, we'll get to that later when we talk about. Anyhow, that. I have enjoy, I, I did enjoy a lot of the things that I read this week, and I, you know, same. Thing, I don't think I loved anything, but uh, it, and we have lots of things to talk about. What's coming up? There was a lot of laughter and joy for me as I read this. Uh, this was really good. It was. Um, So in this, this was the climax of the story. Yeah, this issue we found that the AI that was developed by uh, Doctor Philomath in the (laughs) eighties, the the Colonel eighty six. Hey, oh, we oh. Um, (laughs) He's he found himself uh, to a a nice gay married couple. Went to a yard sale, bought an old computer, uh, found this AI on it, plugged it into the internet, and so the uh, Colonel eighty six. Decided to change everything that he was connected to back to its 1986 conditioned. Airplanes don't need uh, computers. Turn this off. And so the planes crap. So on and so forth. Um, and well, also like shipping, you know, like inventory for stores. So now everyone's wearing tank tops and like what are those pants? So they... yeah, So there's the whole riot of angry old white guys who are all well, wearing that, tank tops and so that was the other part that i laughed at as i kept going i i sort of put together that these so there's a group there's a group of men who all look exactly the same um <laughs> who who are down with it They're, they want this uh not reduction when they were in 1986 they were probably like yeah. 18 so yeah. they're like bring it back they are down with colonel 86's uh, regressive policies um <laughs> and it you know there's a political statement there and i think it's not sure. easy to to find their way and that's sort of behind everything that uh mark russell is doing but that kept getting funnier every yeah. time that that they sort of showed up again and then the solution to that was that they brought back the stinky guy 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's really funny? It's such a uh, a low hanging fruit joke, but <laughs> like they have to lower him in with a crane, and the crane operator has a mask on his face, and people yeah. are just he just smells really bad. But also that guy's super sincere. Like he's a really he's, nice, very stinky person. Um, he's, he's happy to help. Yeah, you know this is again. Like, Mark Russell is a person who can take a very silly and crappy, you know, IP that no one could make work and find a way to make it work by putting his his spin on it. We've seen him do this many times, you know, like, I can't, it's just, you know, it actually goes back to the same thing. We were picking Flintstones as the pick of the week a lot back then, you know, mm-hmm. who'd have thought that? Now we're picking Wonder Twins as, as pick of the week. I mean, he's he's got, when you talk about, you know, like, these are all the same guys, this is a guy doing a different thing, and I'm sure in yeah. five years I will find it less exciting. But it's it's really funny, and it's it's really well done. Um, I like the Lex Fox uh, yeah. News stuff a lot. Um, yeah. The robot commentator was funny. Uh, straw man, <laughs> and uh, it's it just it, this is the, we talked about this with um, Second Coming last week, where uh-huh. it didn't see. It, it, I was still struggling to figure out what his ultimate point with that book was. Whereas here. Yeah. As you said, you know, when you take an existing IP, he can roll in social commentary into that, and it and it seems to work better. Yeah, and, um, and and really funny satire. Yeah, you know, and then also there there's there's little bits that are just funny, like the, the fact that the computer kept keeps yelling "Hello, we I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it got funnier and funnier, much like punching the beef. You know, like right. like this guy's given us like catchphrases, which is really mm-hmm. strange. Um, you know, but again, at the same time, and this is, we, I, I think we've, we've, I've definitely shown a track record of, there's a heart, there's, you know, the bit with, um, uh, Philomath's daughter and her, she's serious, there's no jokes about her, she's got a serious mm-hmm. storyline going on, as does Jaina, uh, you know, as she's trying to prove to her friend that she's a friend and they're trying to help the guy and they're doing the right thing, you know, uh, Zan is comic relief to a certain extent, but it's funny. Yeah. Um. He's the dumb, he's the dummy. Yeah. Yeah, you know it, it was just Hopefully really confident enjoyable. dummy. I I love I will love anytime I'm reading a, a comic book and it makes me laugh out loud. Like that is yeah. some of the best. Like that's hard. People do that a lot. Um and and you you know for the right reason anyway. Um, I also love that the Justice League was basically inadequate for this problem. Like yeah. they could save planes that were falling out of the sky and stuff, but ultimately Hawkman's line, "What do you want us to do? Punch the internet?" was like. We are, a, we, that was a great we are, line. We are not equipped for this problem. Yeah. It was good. It was a really, really good issue. Yep. Um, uh, as we said, you know, <coughs> 12 issues seems to be his sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Because he really gets to to look at what he's talking. I mean, it, there's enough room for him to really explore all the things yeah. he wants to explore. And, and, and I'm, I know that we're talking about the story and everything, and I'm giving sort of short shrift to uh, Stephen Byrne. Uh, but he's terrific cartoonist. Terrific, been really consistent the whole way through, getting the job done. It is not. It's one thing for a writer to write a joke. It's a whole other thing for an artist to make that joke work visually. Most of it falls upon them. And I think you know the design, the the colonel. Every time I look at him, he's hilarious. And, oh, they've been great character yeah. designs here yes. as he's introduced all these low level villains, but also, like I said, the middle aged men, um, yep. army. Was funny, like most of their tank tops didn't fit, like their bellies were hanging out. Um, the only the only thing was I thought didn't necessarily work was like 
when he gave them because they all they all are either bald or balding and yeah. when he gave them like the hair on the sides it didn't look like it was actual hair uh-huh it did look like it was just sort of like like lobot almost uh-huh um but other than that it's very it's a very period specific joke and i don't know people that people younger than us are I mean, going to yeah. find it as funny like we had to uh, search for the word zubas but i, I knew mean, the pants right away yeah oh yeah sure yeah it's like well cuz i just didn't know that at the time i guess what they were called but like i knew the look um, there's a there's an Asimo robot in the yeah. house. You know, there's the Roomba, all the little household. <laughs> I'm looking. At some point, he makes all the robots a check. So uh, at one point, a coffee maker is after them, which I think yeah. is very funny. Um, it's 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 a really good book. Yep, it's been really good. Yeah, and it, I mean, it took me a while to remember. Like every time, I'm like, all oh, right, Wonder, because I would just see Wonder Twins again. And they go, wait, no, 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 that's the book I like, and I have to remember it. And I'm, I'm, now I know um, that it's a, a thing I like to read. Uh, I don't know if it's over next issue. I can't imagine. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, this was a climax. Next issue will be the uh, yep. aftermath, and then we're done. Yeah. Which is fine. Unless, you know, it's, unless it's selling really well, but hmm. I don't It's know. totally fine. Not everything needs to go on forever, and if he has more ideas, they can come back with a second volume. But I, I like to see where... Where they point him next. I agree with that. I agree with that very much. Now, I'm going to say something that you may or may not agree with. Could be somewhat uh-huh. controversial. Uh, I am on record with you, and I agree. I agree mm-hmm. that outing Superman on a long-term basis is dumb, and it's going to be a problem. However, yep. in this context of the stories that are going on right now, I do find it kind of interesting. Uh, it, almost in an Elseworlds way, like if somebody told this story, I don't want to be around when they have to clean it up, I don't want to live with it for a billion years, but right now, the story, as it's being written by Brian Bendis of Superman, here in Superman 19, uh, being public, is interesting uh, and well, kind of entertaining. The thought I had this week was very similar in that, I was like, well, I'm never actually, you know, at least this is a new kind of story yes. i've never read this before even though he's been outed before he was outed by grant morrison in the f- new 52 if you recall mm-hmm. when lois lane ran the expose i don't everyone remember sort of, but that's fine. everyone sort of forgot about that but um this kind of uh considered and emotional uh examination is something we haven't read before so in that sense it's inherently interesting you are exactly right i don't want to be here in two years when this when when this this is a there's all kinds of unforeseen problems with this. It's like Damien. In the beginning, Damien was really interesting. Yeah, it was, about, it was a story we never read before. And then after a while, we we slowly realized all of the problems that associate with having Batman having a son. And now here we are. Um, who's an asshole? But that's also part of the problem. But um, anyway, anyway, you know, this this was interesting. The the scene in the beginning with with Perry and Lois and Clark and Jimmy trying to figure out the logistics of having Superman as a reporter working at the planet was it was good. It was a great scene. And also, you know, there's a real, you know, as I'm reading it, there's a real allegory going on here. There's a coming out allegory. There's your true authentic self or whatever, or, you know, being who it is that you mean to be and not hiding it. There's value in that. And I think that it's Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly buy that that works for superheroes. Well, you know, not, I, I don't think every allegory is is not equal, but like just because he's hiding his identity doesn't mean it's an allegory to being in the closet or whatever. I, I don't think, think it works. It, but in terms of like he's – him and other people have been wary about the fact that he's an alien. And he mm-hmm. sort of hides and, and then passes as a human because he doesn't want to be ostracized for being an alien. And 
I don't know that. See, I've never even thought of him doing that. It's, it's, it, for me, it's always been a safety issue. Yeah, but but it's not really. But that's I've not how really this story's. That's not how this story's playing it anymore. Because he's basically saying, "I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to lie about it." Which yeah, I, I like I, the idea that it's a choice that he's making, that is not somebody has made it for him. I, that's interesting. That's what we've never seen. Sure. It just again. It's it just this is. It, it's like it seems like a good idea at the time, but. Uh-huh. How are we gonna get out of this? Because it's gonna be a problem later. So yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't buy. Like, there's one point where he's like, "Yeah, we thought people would be constantly at my house and bothering us, but it oh, hasn't yeah. happened yet." I was like, "I don't buy that." No, I don't either. I don't either. Now, all that being said, issue was fine. Whatever. Didn't so much love the Ivan Reese art, but whatever. Uh, this includes yeah. the worst double page spread in history for a couple of reasons. I might be over overblowing it. <laughs> You're overblowing it, but I will allow it. So in this, so after he leaves the meeting. Uh, he flies to the Hall of Justice and is surrounded by his super friends um, who are who are celebrating his decision mm-hmm. in a in a in a double page spread. And just... they're all they're all awkwardly sitting on one side of the table, except for Flash and and uh, Blue Beetle. And just just side. just to his left is, I mean, I think we all know that she's a hero. We've we've seen sure. this for years. She's, you know, front of the table. You get to sit. You get a chair at the Justice League table. Um, it's Harley Quinn. What the fuck, man? Mass murderer. Yeah. Uh, 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 psychopath, Joker devotee, worst character in the DC Universe's girlfriend. And she's sitting there with them. And this is... In, be- in between Booster Gold and Superman. Who's the little boy? Is that Billy Batson? It's not Billy Batson because Shazam's no. next to him. There's a lot of characters. I, I, just full disclosure, Josh and I spend a good 20 minutes analyzing this on our own um, yeah. on text message. Who the hell is that? Why is this going? Who is this person? Why is yeah. this happening? Um, I don't know who that boy is. I don't know who the woman is all the way in the left next to uh, maybe Lady Manbat, but the one next to John Jones. <laughs> Seems um, to be a like a Wonder Girl thing going on with her her shirt. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, there's there's four Green Lanterns. Uh, no, three Green four? Lanterns. Three there's Lanterns, three yeah. there, but there's no Hal Jordan in sight. Well, he's he's off. He's been exiled by that That's Grant true. Morrison book. That's true. I don't understand. I mean, so there's so I mean there's something interesting in that. Well, I was gonna say everyone's smiling, but that's not even true. But Wonder Woman is very clearly not. That's interesting. Down with this, and that was really interesting. I I noticed that too, and I thought, well, that's although it says at the bottom of this to to be continued, Superman Heroes number one. Okay, you know, like that's I don't know I don't know if Bendis is writing that or whatever, but just tell this story. We do then switch off to this uh, the League of Planets thing or whatever it is, and then there's a fight with Mongol, which I find less interesting. But all the stuff, although I liked that um, because hmm. you know. I mean, so the League of Planets is the precursor to the Legion. And so we know it's not going to be dissolved. But there was inherent tension in yeah. these former enemies having to work together. In this case, with yeah, Mongol attacks. Right. And uh, Mongol's formidable, so I actually really enjoyed that scene. So like, I enjoyed the beginning scene, and I enjoyed the, the end scene. It was this middle part that I was just like, well, this is weird. Okay, so it sounds like we're we're in similar places. We're coming at it from you know with an open mind, but with a uh, a bit of a, a squint to the future. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just bracing for when this becomes a huge problem. It's 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 not. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. I think it's going to be a continual annoyance. Like it's not like I'm sick and in the hospital now. It's like chronic pain that won't Why go away. Why is Duke at this meeting? Why is Duke? Is that Azrael in the background behind? Not Starfire. I mean, just why is Azrael? What is make? Oh, Stop it! it. Like, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what happened to Doctor Fate's amulet? Like, uh, like, I mean, what is that, Man Bat, Lady Man Bat? Why is that person there? Or is that just Man Bat? Man Bat's got a kind of grunge thing going on. Maybe, but why is why are they there? It's a good point. I don't know. And is it the? Are they trying to say something with the art? Because uh, clearly, Wonder Woman, they're trying to say something with her that's very specifically drawn because she's not even looking at him. But the other question is. Is Hawkman upset, or is that just, you know, st- tr- you know, like standard grimacing superhero pose? Same thing with Batman. Or... And in the back, you should all take this this double page spread out and follow along. By the way, and in the background, Green Arrow's ready to shiv a bitch. Right. So, like, is that just because <laughs> superhero artists are used to drawing grimacing heroes, or is that are they trying to say something here? Like, that's what that's what is kind of interesting about this. I hope that's... clearly the Flash is cool with it, but I hope that um... there are story points in this. I hope that this matters. Yeah, and I hope that we just forget that Harley Quinn ever lived in this ex- existence. Naomi's being there is interesting because she's been a hero for five days. It's kind of like uh, my old job when this guy got hired. Two days later, uh, everyone got Christmas bonuses, including him. He was like, "This is great." <laughs> um, <laughs> like you know, and she's up front too. She's, well, she's she's she got a better seat than Green Arrow. <laughs> they're they're trying to they're 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 trying to trying to create a little franchise there. So. I get that. I get it. It's just funny from like context. But like, they're not the... with they're not with Duke though. There's no need for Duke. Who is the blonde right over his shoulder? Next to Zatanna. Mm. Don't know. Don't know. And is that Hawkwoman way in the back? Uh, I like guess. The silhouette. Oh look at that. There's more people back there. Are we have to we have to move along, Connor. We all could right, we I could just, do this all day. Uh, I skipped Guardians of the Galaxy number one. I was going to, but uh, it just so happened that I read the last issue of the last Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which was the Donnie Cates story. Um, yeah, I did too. And I really, really liked it. Yeah, it was great. Great I little series. It was a wonderful sort of denouement to the whole thing, I thought. And based on that, and based on the fact that I am coming around to Al Ewing, at least to a certain extent. Whereas before, no. I don't think he's a bad writer. I just didn't find no, it super exciting. Um, but he has done some interesting things, so I decided, you know, I got the pick this week, benefit of the doubt, do whatever. Um, and we find ourselves, it is a continuation of that story, and we find ourselves, uh, uh, I don't like that they rebooted it, but I guess that's what they do now. Al Ewing and Juan Cabal uh, on uh, on art. And, you know, the, the Guardians have basically, uh, you know, they've, they've fucked off on a vacation, and they're having a barbecue, and Peter Quill makes a turkey, but no one wants to eat the turkey because it has weird skin. That's a joke that keeps coming back. Uh, and there, you know, Peter Gamora is like, let's just do this. Let's not go guardy, guard the galaxy anymore. Let's do whatever. Just hang? Yeah, just hang. Nova comes along and is like, uh, yeah, some shit's going down. And it turns out that it, uh, the Olympic Olympian gods have mm. reformed into a sort of new thing. And now they're they're conquering worlds and somebody needs to go stop them. And and Nova shows up and and he's like, um, 
I need to put together a team. And they're like, well, why not? what about all these people? And he goes, I actually just put together that team and we fought the cancer verse. And, re- and that was over in the Annihilation Scourge storyline, which I read some oh. of. It was okay. Um, this is an aftermath of that. And I, so I wasn't really lost for that. You mean uh, a long time ago? No. No, no, no. It was, it was like a mini event that just happened. Oh, not the one from like 10 years ago. No, but it was a... Oh. Annihilus came to Nova and needed help and they fought I off see. the cancer verse, whatever. Um... It was okay. People people had said you should read it. It was, it was like the parts that I read were pretty good, but I, I didn't really delve into it terribly deeply. Uh, Quill and, and Rocket are like, yeah, we got to go help. We got to do this thing because they can't leave the, the life. Um, so they put together sort of a new team and Marvel Boys there and Philovel and, and Moondragon and they go to fight uh, the Olympian gods and there's stakes and it's kind of fun. Um, you know, if you remember... Were the, were the stakes on the barbecue? Um, they're like alien grub snake stake kind of things mm-hmm. um you know it wasn't it wasn't a continuation and then hercules shows up at the end uh <clears throat> it wasn't a continuation of what kate's did like thematically you know it was it wasn't like let's just grab it from here they're trying to start a new thing obviously and it's not as good as that yet but also i remember i didn't really like that series at the beginning of it mm. until it got its feet under it. so these characters are fun uh you know they've really pretty much fully embraced writing them as the movie characters and I'm totally fine with that because I will hear Bradley Cooper's head in my voice as I, as I do Rocket and it fits and I have no problem with that. Um Yeah, that's true. I mean there uh, you know, there are a lot of things about the encroaching comic movie world in the comics that are terrible, but you know, the the guardians of the movies were kind of the guardians of those books anyway. Yeah, and well and also the ones in the book weren't necessarily formed very well. Mm-hmm. Like I think that the movies actually added to it. Instead mm-hmm. of changed it or took it away, like like in the in the case of Clint Barton, it was a complete departure, and it you mean took in away. In the case of murdered Clint Barton, yeah, whatever. Um, totally murdered him. <laughs> uh, but where where the 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 Guardians actually like improved it? I think you know okay. like the almost like the boys TV show improved on the comic book. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that. I don't know how many issues of Detective Comics came out while we were on break, but I read four of them this week. <laughs> Wow. Detective Comics 1019. And what I, I wanted to talk about, this was, the, this was the final issue of a two-part story. And before that, there was a one-shot one by, by Tom Taylor, which I really loved. Um, and this was fun. Peter J. Tomasi, Scott Godlewski, who used to draw Batgirl, uh, doing a two-part story in which some Icelandic gods may or may not be showing up to wreak havoc. And, of course, it turns out it's not exactly that. But it's it just a fun little two-shot. And... I like that. I don't know if this is the thing they're doing with Detective or not, but you know, it, it used to be that, and I, you know, we're 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 hitting all the all the check boxes for stereotypical old man behavior. But it used to be that you would get these kind of stories where not everything was world shattering, because when you're writing for the trade and you're writing every arc is six issues, I think like there's a there's a pressure to make it world shattering because you got to sell a trade for it and so it's got to be real big and important and and then if you have a one shot or two shot it's not necessarily like that like the one shot tom taylor wrote was about an orphanage that bruce's mother started and there's like trouble at the orphanage it was great because but it was a very small story and it's you know you're going to sell a trade like that with the you know the orphanage tale six, Mm -hmm. six six part story about kids going missing from an orphanage you know, but you can do that with a one-shot issue. And here, this is just like a weird sort of cult in Gotham, and 
it was it was fun. It, it wrapped up quickly, but it never felt like it was rushed, and the art was strong, and it just was a nice little thing where I don't have to remember six issues worth of story here. It's just mm-hmm. this, we're in and we're out, and it was and it was great. And it's too bad that that's the talent that doesn't really get rewarded too much in the market today. Does like that stuff doesn't live for very long, and so therefore it's less valuable. I think, I mean, personally, I'd be happy to read a trade that was full of three two-part stories or six one-shots. Yeah. I mean, if they're, as long as they're good. But but, but I don't my, think it's, it's less about the trade. But it's the trade is the and again. I'm a trade person, so I'm not knocking the format. But it's the pressure that I think that goes along with the trade, where it, like it's it's like the Scott Snyder syndrome, and I I'll love that Batman run. I have them all on my shelf. I have all the trades on my shelf. But I think he led to an idea that every Batman story had to be world shattering for batman and that's scott's move not this is not a criticism like yeah. has been from day one every issue every story every arc he was always pushing himself to be like this is the one this is the best i can do with this but that doesn't mean that everything should be like that right and not everyone can do that and you've and... got and you've got guys you've got tom taylor there who can be like bang bang this is a, a wonderful one two-part story you know or yep. you know, it's it's like Paul Dini would do. Like that was his thing, and right. the market doesn't value that right now, which sucks. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's exhausting. Yeah, as a reader, when every story is like yes. shaking the foundation of the character. Sometimes I just want to tell. I want to. I just want to read a solid story about these. And this is what I get here. And and also, I'm getting with these three issues a lot more of Batman as detective, mm-hmm. like clues, motivations, you know, analyzing things and figuring it out and solving the mystery. And that's. That's what I came up reading, and that's, you know, Dad did it. <laughs> I'm um, doing it too. It, so if you if you're like a if Batman fan and you haven't been reading Detective, these last three issues, uh, 1019, 1817, maybe even before that, they've all been really solid, sort of just good Batman stories that aren't about revealing that his father was always the Joker, which um, seems like what everyone wants to do. Yeah, the Joker show. Every time the Joker shows up, I want to stop reading. I'm not kidding. Like I'm like, you have, I've, even if you have something cool to show me, I've seen it. You're gonna kill Alfred. I get it. Stop doing that. Um, Fantastic Four eighteen. I keep thinking I don't like this arc. I hate this arc. <laughs> I hate this arc. I for me, I think that I, I don't like the setting, but I really do like what Dan Slott is doing with these characters i think that for the first time in a very long time they really are reminiscent of what the idea of these these this family is supposed to be mm-hmm. oh for sure the character works great and it, it really it it's really fun i mean i was almost like the same thing that you were saying about detective comics and the mm-hmm. storylines seem you know short enough for six issues it's hard to tell with the double shipping how, how it works um I like that johnny's an idiot in this. i found my soulmate and they're like what are you crazy i like that like at one point, Johnny and Ben, like, came upon each other, and he's like, wait, do we have to fight? Do we, you know, like, and and they solved it. What I didn't like uh, was um, we've once again uh, changed the, 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 we've changed the origin of the Their story. history. Yeah, it, no, it's that's not, what I'm talking about. I can, yeah. And I can ignore it. I, I, I have to ignore that, because that's, it, it's a, I don't like it, but it's a very comic book thing to do. What you thought was is not. That, that goes back as far as is possible. It's just that we've seen it done so many times now that that's become tiresome. However, there is a it's bit tiresome here. cliche to 
to reveal the origin is totally different than what you thought it was. Yeah, I, I get it, but it, it's also part like it's it's part and parcel. It's a feature and a bug all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But there's a bit here that I thought you would appreciate. In this, we have a very I'm gonna I'm gonna get niche now for those of you who don't follow. We have a very James Holden moment with Reed. Okay. Reed he goes and he just tells everybody what happened. Right. And Sue That's is like, true. didn't you think about what that would mean for all the people who live here? Just telling everybody the truth. And I was like, oh my goodness. This is <laughs> this is this is Jim Holden's whole character growth from the expanse over the novels. And I was I was like, that's a good move. That was an excellent, excellent character. If you move, don't if you don't know, because you're not our in our daily lives, Josh is deep in the expanse books right now. Yep. Getting to the end of book six. I was just talking to uh a sometime co-host uh, Ryan helped about some gravity questions I had for science, and he <laughs> walked me through some stuff, which I thought was really helpful. He's on book eight. Um, that was I thought that was really that was fun. Uh, uh, but also, I did like the idea that he finally, finally, there was a reason that Reed is not a super genius, perfect at everything. Like he mm-hmm. too focused. And he was too sure. focused on morality, and that is what the other characters have to add to his thing. Because for a long time, Reed was always right about everything all the time, and that's not fun. Well, he was wrong, he was wrong with the whole Civil War thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I just don't. I mean, fundamentally, I don't. I didn't. I just don't like this arc. But that's fine. Yeah, it's 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 got to be almost over. So that's I think fine. This it is next issue will be the last one. Um, but either way, I've been reading a Dan Slott book for a long time, and I've been reading a Fantastic Four book for a long time, and that is uh, <laughs> fairly unfamiliar ground for me. This is this is an anomaly. I've been I've been enjoying his his run. This is just I yeah. just don't like this arc. But that's fine. You're not always you're not going to always like every every yeah. arc. That's... Josh, you ever watch a show? I don't know, like on Netflix, and you think to yourself, how did they come up with this idea? Or where did that costume come from? Who who made that choice and why? And how many people did it take to make this show, this monster, this creature? You ever think those things? Sometimes I do. Well, there's a podcast for you. It's called Netflix Behind the Scene Podcast. You get an exclusive look at how Netflix's biggest series are made. And find out how a season of your favorite show comes together from script to screen. Which is a very interesting, if you're into that kind of thing, very interesting process of how TV shows are made. And I think... The benefit of these kind of shows is it shows to people that, hey, these things are not easily made. And there are humans behind it and these making decisions and, you know, give them a break. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. <laughs> so season one of the podcast brought you to Hawkins, Indiana, uncovered the magic of the Stranger Things' third season. And now season two of Behind the Scenes podcast will venture to the continent, the world of The Witcher, with a three-part miniseries. So The Witcher season... We'll bring you into the adaptation of Andrew Sipkowski's best-selling books and into the world of Netflix's original series, The Witcher. How do the writers, the cast, the crew take almost 3,000 pages of original material and bring this fantastical world to life? The series will explore the characters of Geralt of Rivia, Yennefer of Venomberg, Cerulea the Lion Cub of Sintra, all in detail, featuring everyone from executive producers to the cast to Swordmasters. This is your ticket to a deeper understanding of The Witcher Host Brandon Jenkins of Mogul, and there's something about Dolomite, takes you through the adaptation process from writer's room all the way to your screen. And new episodes of the Behind the Scenes are out now with new episodes weekly. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts like Josh listens on Overcast. 
Let's take a look at your resume here. It says you served as a swordmaster. That'd be awesome. Uh, it was a swordmaster from 2007 to 2014. Why did you leave the swordmaster industry? It became all about daggers. <laughs> I have some. I have some friends who are fanatical about the Witcher show. Uh huh. So that they are people who would be perfect for this kind of podcast because mm-hmm. it gives you all the insight. I, I mean, it's like. I think right now this is this is the hot thing in entertainment podcasting is is the behind the scenes. Yeah. Is why, why did you make these decisions? Why did you decide to do this? How hard was it to ad, adapt that fourth book? Like that is what a certain part of the audience really is into, and we're I think we're part of the, that group. And yeah. you know, the, 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 what, what's the how did you get here from there? What was yeah. the, what was the decision like for that? It's and not just what happened; it's why were those decisions made, which can help right. you appreciate the thing more. What about, I agree. What about flails? Does the swordmaster also work with flails, or is there a flail master? He, he definitely doesn't do maces. Right, which is just a sort of a stationary flail, Right, as I understand it. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not up on me- medieval weaponry. So <laughs> Trebuchet master. I'm going <laughs> to... That's like the best word. It's a very specific master. Middle West 13 was excellent. Um, and I really like where we are now with this weird slave farm fuel camp thing. I, I, coming into 14, I was very excited about it. And I think that it's continuing that thing. I really like this arc. Um, the thing I like best in it, um, you, you know, we've got this this main character whose name, of course, I can't remember right now. Um, yeah, no, the kid. And, you know, kid's got a lot of shit going on. And... There's like an accident at the beginning, and he he chooses to save one of the guards while everybody just stands there, um, and that leads to you know sort of the grudging respect from the guards, and then the boss man basically promotes him up, which then creates resentment. But before that happens, there's a big scene where all the kids kind of realize they're on the same side and get along and talk together, and I love scenes like that because I don't you 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 don't like strife, you like harmony. Now I like understanding. I thought this was great. I thought this was great. I like this arc. It's very much like the Okies, yeah. You know, who went to California, ended up in like forced labor camps. So that was very similar. It's like a similar kind of vibe to that. But I mean, there was a point where I was like, these kids are way too smart and self-aware. But it doesn't really matter because the whole book is about oh. trying to understand uh, cycles of abuse and cycles of yeah. Uh, no, and, of, and I, of, I mean, I mean I, these are like little eight-year-old kids, and they're they're talking. Real big words and real real strong insight. Oh, I the think they're like that, that, I think they're like preteens and young teenagers. And it's hard stuff. to say with the art. A little bit. The, but... only, the only criticism I have is it's they all kind of got the same haircut mm-hmm. when they got put into these camps. So like I lost track of who was talking to who. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but um, I do want to say that Jean Francois Bellu's colors are amazing, and I don't know does he get nominated for Eisner's for coloring because he really should. I don't know. Um, just, I thought his... I thought just Dave Stewart got that. His, the colors pop beautifully, but yep. not in a garish way. Yeah, um, it's 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 one of the best looking books. It remains one of the best looking books in the market. But yeah. I thought this was a great issue. Well, and and say what you will about about how the kids are talking or whatever, but like what was going on here? I was like, oh, this is some real shit. That's what I mean. Like it didn't really matter because I understand the. Yeah. The oh, point I, of this I mean, book. there's there's fatherhood stuff. There's you know, like Scotty's working well, some shit out, and it's it's he's really getting to be a good writer. Is is. I know we've said that. Right. Before. I mean, the whole point of this series and this issue, which really lays it out, is this: is can you break the cycle? Yeah. Can you break the cycle of abuse? Because all these kids have had bad and parents be... or childhood in some way or another, and 
can they be better for it or did they continue it and and can you be angry at your parents about it because they had it to them and what what about me do i have a choice I, I mean, there was a lot of really nice thinking in there um yeah no, i thought this was a terrific issue did you put Shazam on here cuz i didn't put I did. Shazam on here go ahead i only wanted to mention it because it's sort of the continuation of the weird pocket universe that Jeff Johns is in with his books where he just continues to write whatever the fuck he wants, mm-hmm. no matter what. And um, my reservations about, again, what they're doing to the Shazam characters aside, I thought it was really funny that in this issue, um, it's Mastermind and is that it's not Dr. Savannah, it's the other guy, are walking around the... Um, the magical realm, like the, the the headquarters, they're looking at all the cells to see which bad guys they're gonna say they're gonna uh, rescue to get to join their bad guy team. And they go to one cell and it's got an S on the door, and we see behind it, and it's Superboy from <laughs> Infinite Crisis. I didn't know who that was, but okay. yeah, I was like, oh shit, it's Superboy from it's 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 the bad guy from Infinite Crisis from pre from from pre Crisis continuity, like. Well, you know, that's a whole. It's from Jeff Johns' era of yeah. running DC, and it's like he's just going to keep pretending like he's still in charge. I, I keep mean, referencing his stuff and not worry about what anybody else is doing. I go back and forth with if I like this or not. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I I didn't love this last couple very much. Um, no, this, I, I didn't love this issue so much, but I thought that yeah. I just wanted to point out that yeah, it was yeah, funny. funny that Super, Superboy showed up. Okay, well that helps because I didn't know who that who was. who will never ever show up again in anything else. No, no, which in which is the right call. Amazing Spider-Man number 19. That's not the right number. Uh, 38 is, is what it is. Um, oh, yeah. There was stuff in here that was okay. I didn't so much love the art that's coming on with me. Especially well, did, after... you, did you enjoy the one issue of Ryan Otley we got? Yes, I did. Last, but that was, like, that was it. Like he, he came back last issue, did one issue, and now he's gone again. It's true. That was, and that was that the was pick of the week. Head. And it was delightful. Yeah. So but anyway, my first instinct when I started reading it was, oh, this doesn't look like what I want it to look like. No fault at all of of Ivan Coelho, you know it's it's a change. However, I find I find hang I find hang. this J Jonah Jameson um, <laughs> storyline delightful. It's genu- <laughs> genuinely funny. I like how he's exactly no. the same character as when he hated Spider Man, but he but, likes Spider Man now and he's trying to be helpful and he isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll first of all the, the Ivan Coelho art. Same reaction, like, wait, what happened to Otley? But um, he, there's some things he does really well. Uh-huh. I thought he did some really dynamic action stuff. Yep. I, I thought the the more mundane, like, characters just standing around talking stuff less well. But there was a couple of panels with Spider-Man. And I was like, oh shit, that's a that's an angle I've never seen before. So that was yeah, cool. That's right. There's really some dynamic layouts and things like that for sure. Um. But in this issue, in addition to Spider-Man doing his Spider-Man stuff, we get the next stage of J.J. and Jameson's story. Last issue, he was offered a new media job by, um, what's her name? Nora Winters. Is that her name? I Did I just make that up? Um, Nora Roberts. And uh, it turns out it, it's not some high-minded journalism place. It's basically like low-rent BuzzFeed. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I like, you know, that's that's Nick Spencer's, uh, you know, sort of social satire, which I thought... Yeah. It's a little on the nose, but also still, I was like, "Yeah, you know." And I like how he's clashing with it, and they're trying to use him. And then is I your just... boyfriend a scroll? He is if he does these six things. Yeah, ugh. Um, it was kind of funny to read those kind of headlines in the Marvel universe. Sure, and going the la- to Krakoa is so easy with this one simple trick. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah," and she laid it all out. She's like, "It doesn't matter." 
They want, they know it's bad. And she's like, and then the people who disagree with it are the best for us. And I was like, oh, it's happening. That's real. Just, you know, good. And then the last three panels of the book were great. It was, you know, like. Yeah, phone- I, I enjoyed this issue, despite being, being, um. Disappointed by by not having the art. The last three panels yeah. were great. I just looked at the last panel. It was terrific. <laughs> and also, jo- Jonah showing up on the scooter to save the day was funny, even though those scooters are banned in New York right now. But um, uh, it was very funny. Yep. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Spider-Man just saved us all from a shield cover-up. Here's why. It's, it yeah, it's funny. It's still good. Um, Marauders, six. So, in addition to reading four issues of Detective, I read, I think, three issues of Marauders, or two issues. I really like this book. I really do. I I dropped Excalibur. I really liked the last issue of X-Men, which came out over the break, which is a really strong issue. So, I think I'm just down to X-Men and Marauders. I think Marauders is terrific. It's Jerry Duggan, still Matteo Loli, and Mario Del Panino are the artists. And I love this group. I still... I'm really curious about why Kitty Pride's so angry and violent. That that's clearly the thing they're you know they're they're dealing with here, but they haven't told us why. Um, there was an interesting twist here with the Black King who t- betrays them as we knew he would, um, and then really fucks up Kitty in a in a real real way. And then there's this whole subplot of this dude writing memos to um, the, like in on the on the mutant desk whoever he is like in the CIA or whatever and he's the only one at the desk he's writing his memos and as he's getting he's getting increasingly more desperate because he's got no help and that's just been a funny subplot I just think this is as a package this book is terrific I really do I, I never thought I would like a book with like Bishop and um, Pyro as main characters but I, this is just the right bit of weird and crazy that I'm enjoying it and there's a lot of heart too no, as, no matter you know it's got that weird like we're all kind of weirdos and we're our family now kind of you know, feel and uh, I really, I, I, I really like it <laughs> against all odds. I, I, you know, our our old friend Ron told us this would be the one to watch from the, uh, re, the, the X Men thing, and he was not wrong. I'm really enjoying it. That's good. I kind of walked yeah. away from it because I couldn't remember if I liked it or not. But it's it's very good. Uh-huh. It is. It's legitimately good. Excalibur was just like, eh, this is fine. And I finished the arc out, and I'm done with that. But this is, I legitimately like Marauders. I think I think it's a I think a legitimately good book. Cool. So if you're at all curious, I don't. I know you probably won't, but I think I I lost the, like the, all the red queen, white queen, black what black king stuff. Like I I don't care, and I I yeah. just want. Well, it's just that, it's just a power thing, and yeah, um, it's it's all just a way to show who's trying to gain control of you know the power over everything. The last issue of X Men was excellent, the one that came out over the break, uh, the one that John Hickman writes. The only problem with that book is it comes out monthly, so with all the other books coming out weekly or biweekly, it almost feels like it's behind. Yeah, but uh, it's excellent. That was an excellent issue. Well, that's—I mean, we could forever. We could talk. We're about going it. along. Let's, that's the books we want to talk about. Let's talk about the patron pick: Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go to vote to add a book to the rundown. This week, the overwhelming favorite from the patrons was Wonder Woman 750, the 96-page giant exercise spectacular, featuring one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories. Um. And, you know, it's not 800, it's 750. That's fine. At least it's not like 725, which is what they used to do for these things. But um, so this is an oversized issue. I pro- I would have read it even without the Patriot pick. I'm sure you wouldn't have. Um, it was interesting to me as a strategy to include the final issue of an arc as the first story. The final, sto- the final part of an arc. Uh, 
Interesting is one way to put it. Interesting strategy. What I mean, like, and by interesting, I mean head scratching. I was like, oh, you know, this, this first issue in the ER, you open it up, and I was like, what, what is happening here? And turns out it's, the, it's literally the, the Wild Hunt finale by Steve Orlando and Jesus Marino, who have been doing, who are the creative team currently. And it just it was a bizarre choice to make for an issue that you have to assume will attract at least some non regular readers. Um, I agree. Seems like, a, seems like a bad choice. I think the better choice would be to start a new arc. To hopefully keep those people coming back, but um, I don't know how successful this whole issue would be at getting people to come back to. I think this is a this the, I have and I've dropped off one moment. I was reading one of them for a long time. I dropped off. I think this issue was a microcosm of the problems with modern day Wonder Woman comics in that they don't really take any chances with her. She's put up on too high of a pedestal and therefore all of her stories are just kind of dull. I, I mean, if I was, if I was looking to get into Wonder Woman and I bought this, uh, I would run screaming the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to talk about this in generalities because there were several stories. I didn't like one of them. I liked the art on two of them. I love the art. I, I like the Colleen Doran art. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Nicola Scott art was good. Phil Hester. I thought the art was. I thought uh, Riley Rossmore. I thought the art yeah, was no, good. Though. I know. I like that was fun. But like, not a single story I thought did any like. So I. They're all the, kind of the same. They were, and they all said the same thing. And it was Wonder Woman will be your friend no matter what. Wonder Woman is about peace, and I think that people are carrying that too far. They're working more with symbolism than they are with stories, and there's no conflict in the character herself. Everybody around the character is in conflict, but she, other than a little bit with her mother, which is like, you've done that, is is sort of stalwart and there and boring. And it was so touchy-feely. I hope this, this, like, it was a little Lifetime movie where you're making these grand points about friendship and acceptance and blah 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 and it just it wasn't interesting this is a this is a place where superman was at for a long time in which you know they're almost afraid to touch the icon or do anything interesting with the icon and it almost feels like we're not reading a story about wonder woman we're 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 being lectured to about wonder woman you know, it's not, it's not, there's not interest, anything interesting happening. It's more like, isn't she great? And she is great. She's a great character when you, when you, when you let her have interesting stories. But for now, it just seems like we're all just supposed to bask in the glow of how great Wonder Woman is as a human being. And that's not an interesting story. And, and, and the story, isn't she great? If you are the editor, you get to do one, maybe two of those. Right. And there are eight of those. Except for mm-hmm. the first one, and I don't know what the fuck that was. But I was right. like, "Thank God that arc's over, and I never have to read it." I like. I mean, I liked the Gail Simone Colin Doran one with the little kid who's I don't know who makes flowers. I thought that was a there sweet was, little story. I thought the art was good. Was good. There was parts of it I liked. It was. Um, you know, I liked the bit where uh, Hippolyta is, is just like, "This sounds real good," and she has some mac and cheese with him because that was unexpected and fun. But you, you, you eat like this all the time. Yes, that's why there's a national health crisis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked the I liked the way. No, I mean, 
The Rock and Nicola Scott. The Rock and Nicola Scott one. I really liked the art. I've been loving Nicola Scott. Uh, the story. It seems to be like half these stories were about Cheetah, trying to save Cheetah. And then I, I, for some reason, I really liked the last story, which was the bombshells one, because it was just so different. Mm-hmm. It was so. It was just very different, even though it was so thematically similar. It was just a different kind of Wonder Woman. So, I liked that one. Um, I liked the Riley Rosbo drawn one because. You know, in terms of art, because it just looks very different from everybody else. Uh, and her Wonder Woman is very sort of stocky and tall, kind of like Darwin Cook's Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked looking at the book. I just every story felt thematically the same thing, and it's just like this has been the problem with Wonder Woman for years and years and years. It's just been they're not telling interesting stories with her; they're just telling us how great she is in each story. Yeah, she's but- she's almost untouchable. She just. The closest you know. they came was was Azarello and, and Chang, which was pretty interesting, but it didn't hurt that it was real good to look at, and it was telling a new kind of version of her, so that was sort of new and interesting. But nobody took it from there. Like, then the movie came along and blew all that out of the water, so then everybody's just trying to hit this theme of Wonder Woman is a warrior who's about peace. Oh, you missed one in your script here. There's, there's nine stories. There's the Scott Snyder, Brian Hitch story at the oh, end. Oh, right. That was better. Uh, I liked that one probably the best. Yes, because it was Golden Age Wonder Woman, and it felt like it was maybe tying into what Scott's meaning to do with Justice League, with the, bringing the Justice Society back. Because at the end, it ties into Alan Scott being um, inspired by her. And now they're, I guess, I don't know if this is a retcon or not, but in this story, she's the first superhero, which was supposed to be Superman. But um, I guess if they're bringing the Justice Society back, they have to blow Superman out of the water as Super Superior. So now it's Wonder Woman. So this is actually, I mean, I don't, you know, in the old continuity, the original continuity, this, the first Wonder Woman was Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. At least, well, that was the retcon. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll, you'll turn your brain inside out trying to figure it out. But in the, in sort of the established retcon continuity, Hippolyta, Hippolyta was the one in the Justice Society. And so now I don't know if they're making it Diana. Uh, I guess they are because in the movies she's immortal, so might as well make it uh, the case in the comics too. But. That, um, that final page, no, not the final, but the sort of the one single page shot of her sort of standing heroically on the stairs with the doves around her. Like, mm-hmm. those proportions look right. She looks good there. Like, that's a good drawing of yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. I, like I like that story. It, it, if that's what they're going to do with just the society, that's cool. Yeah. But it was, as an issue, it was just kind of like, it, it was weird. It was a very it was weird bad. issue. I was bored and annoyed the whole time. And not even bad, like, wow, these people can't write comics. It was just like, who edited this? Like, you just let people do whatever they want, and you don't... Yeah. Well, I think so, because it was clearly... They were similarly themed, so... It, yeah. If they did, then it was a real, real crazy coincidence that eight of the nine stories were basically the same story. Well, then it was um, a bad strategy. Yeah. Or at least it didn't make for compelling comic books, unless you really love the character and not interested in plot. Wonder Woman as a character right now sort of floats into the story and then floats out again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... Floats in above humanity. Everyone goes, oh, isn't she great? And then she leaves. Like, that's that's not interesting. Nope. And I'm not saying you got to make her flawed. I'm not saying you got to make her, you know, have an edge. I'm just saying you've got to tell interesting stories in, in, in that context. You know, Superman is the same way. He's not necessarily flawed, but... They, they, Bendis has been telling interesting stories within the context of Superman being that way. Whereas this is just like, you know, she floats in. Everyone, everyone sort of, you know, giggles and blushes and says, aw, and then she leaves. And it's just like, that's, that's not a story. And that's kind of why I got bored of the book. So and, I and, you know, this isn't, this is too much of a reach. You know, I'm not a genius for this, but 
Bendis would probably do a pretty good job with this character. Right. I mean, he's he's you know he's he's done you know sort of female solo books before, and and at least given you know a point of view to them. Then, yeah, there's no point of view, and also it's like it seems like there's three stock stories. Like it's one of them is about Cheetah, one of them is about her mom, and one of them is about like the gods rising up. There's some problem with the gods. The, the, yeah. Tell tell You're something right. else besides those three stories. Well, the thing about the cheetah thing is like, I mean, it was the I don't know which story it was, but the one where she hired the Cersei to do the thing and it didn't work, yeah. and then like there was no consequence. No, you can have the you can have the lasso back. Right. I'll be nice. Like that's not that's a shitty storytelling. <laughs> she had to give up her lasso to to bribe Cersei to try to help cheetah, and cheetah yeah. wouldn't take the help. So is that the Greg Rucka her- story? Was it? I don't know. I think it was, which is, you know, sorry. But, like, that, you know, like I'm like, well, stop. Like, I understand that the character doesn't want to give up on Cheetah, but stop telling me that story. I, I, I read, whenever this book relaunched or whatever, I read it, and it was a Cheetah story. I don't care. I don't know anything about Cheetah. Maybe it's great if you like Wonder Woman. But I was like, they've been doing this the whole time? And then there's a story in this book where, like, okay, we finally got the solution to fix her, and she chooses not to. And I was like, all right. Stop telling us this story. We're I, done now. Then we are you, done. You ended, you, you ended the story. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> if you're gonna come back, do it in a while and make it a different outcome. Because right. you know this is like this is like the rehabilitating Joker story. You know, like we we got that covered now for a while. So don't do it for a long time. All right, Wonder Woman 750 ratings two. out of five stars. You're giving it a two. I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a three because I really did like looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I liked a couple of the stories, but overall, it was a, it was like a microcosm of everything that's wrong with current Wonder Woman comics. Not the character, not the character. Character's tr- great. It's the comics that are a problem. All right, let's continue on to patrons by thanking the patrons who give the five dollar or higher level with the patron powers, which we do every week. And um, as Josh and I were discussing beforehand, I I, I had a good one. Earlier this week, I thought of while I was driving, and I didn't write it down. And I, this morning, I sat down to do the show, and I thought, oh, yeah, what was that power? I don't remember. So Ter- Terrell Tolliver is our first patron. And uh, Terrell Tolliver is like – do you ever go to IMDb and look at, like, the trivia section for a movie? Sure. He's, he knows all the real trivia that's not, like, planted by the PR people. <laughs> that just seems like a, a media literacy reading thing, but go on. He just he knows all the behind the scenes stories and not okay. not in an annoying way. Like he's not gonna constantly bombard you with every little thing, but if there's an interesting thing that happened or in the in the in the making of the film or behind the scenes or the or whatever, or the something he he knows all this all the stuff from movies. Right. And he just just from watching it, he knows, oh that that guy, you know. He didn't like that guy. You know, because if you go to that section now, it's, it's all just it's all just PR fluff now. It used to be interesting stories behind the scenes of movies, and now it's just PR fluff. Right. But because those are the people who pay for it. Yeah, it's just it's. Uh, it's like anyway, uh, he 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 knows he's like the Netflix behind the scene podcast, but for movies. And 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 with no with no uh, PR. Uh, no words. agenda. He he's he'll tell you the real scoop. So that's like uh, when I was watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life about a month ago, and mm-hmm. I was like, well. Let's look up Violet, cause cause she's kind of smoking, and then mm-hmm. you realize that, uh, boy, she had a life. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. 
and and her IMDb trivia, nobody needs to keep that up. So it's fascinating. So I I would imagine uh, that uh, that our man here has has Terrell has some really good stories about that kind of thing too. Yeah, he, but the thing is, he has to be watching the film. It's not like he knows everything all the time. It's like he gotcha. watches the movie and goes, "Ah, oh, that's let me tell you about this." Right. Yeah. Oh, it's just like living in a Peter Biskin book. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this name the best I can. Kyle Rovagug. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's, it's like... That's pretty close. Maybe it's like Buttigieg, though. Maybe it's... Rovagug. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I do know I like to say Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. That is not a political endorsement. Buttigieg. He's a, this is this is This is not meant to be, and I had written it down before, but this is going to sound a little like what you just said. Okay. You can footnote everything. Interesting. Somebody says a thing. He's got the footnote for that. Oh yeah, that was that was this. It was it was discovered in 1914. Oh, so and so wrote that in his in his book. That was here, uh, page 14 in the, in the 1987 edition. So uh, he he knows where all the sources are. Yeah, he knows where the sources are. Okay. So all the things that that somebody says, and then uh, so he can he can, but also he can know that then thereby if a thing is false. Mm-hmm. He knows the story. He footnotes. Constant footnotes. He says Ibit a lot. <laughs> yes. Carl Erickson um, makes the perfect bread oh. with no ingredients needed. What the? He, he just opens up his oven should he want it, and inside is the perfectly made bread for any occasion. So different types of bread, though? Any kind. Or is it one type of bread that's good with everything? No, it's the, any kind of bread you need. Man, he just goes. Oh, you need you need a you need a, a rye. He just opens his, opens up his Crusty, oven and takes warm a warm rye. Yeah. So it only works at his house in his oven. So is he magic or is yes. oven magic? No, he has to he has to initiate the process. It's an enchanted oven. It's like the Mjolnir, of, <laughs> the Mjolnir of bread ovens. <laughs> he waves his hand over it. I could go for a you know. I go for a crusty sourdough. Yep, warm inside. It, it comes out, and it's just you crack it open, oh. and it's 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 crispy on the outside. It's warm and fluffy oh, on the that inside. Sounds, that sounds amazing, Carl. You bet. You better bring the butter over, but he's got the bread. Carl Erickson is four hundred and eighty pounds, <laughs> yeah. so that's the problem. <laughs> well, oh, well, that, that's the thing with the magic bread is that uh, you <gasps> know, there's no there's no carb problem. Wow, is it also yeah. gluten free? <laughs> it's it's whatever you need it to be. You know, how often... and, the per- and, the, and the perfect bread <laughs> is therefore not. Detrimental to your health. Wow. Do you know how yeah, it's, often it's, I it's, think it's... of the, the Scott Pilgrim line, bread <laughs> makes you fat? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that movie, but that line. It's because bread's the best food. It is a good food. This, you're not wrong. It kept people alive for a long time. Freshly made so bad now. bread is the best thing ever. It's up there. It's certainly up there. Yeah. When I went to I, I still think about the, the, the brown bread from Ireland. Oh, yeah, sure. And I the, still and think about it. I think of the Irish butter more than the bread. Well, yeah, the Irish butter and the bread together, but yeah. Yeah, like it, like the bread was a, a good conduit for for that butter. Just like bread is also an excellent conduit for the olive oil bread and balsamic. every meal. Yes, isn't it great? Yeah. People did it for a long time. They didn't Do have access to anything. You not want it? I'll else. eat it. Yeah. Yeah. That it's better than the chips. Yeah, so. The chips are okay, but they came with every meal also and I had to have enough of those after a few days. Uh Andrew <sighs> Andrew Isgera, mm-hmm. um, you know you're starting to say something and it's on the tip of your tongue, mm-hmm. or it's a thought you had earlier, like your patron power. He He'd can, be able to get it for me. He can retrieve it for you. 
Oh. What was it I was thinking of earlier? Oh, you were thinking of a power where uh, it was uh, it can change your lug nuts and have exactly the right torque. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever it is, you might not want him to. Oh, I was doing something earlier, and then you didn't want anyone to know about it, but he would pull that out. He's like, you so if you, you like, often I have a feeling like, why did I, what, why did I come here? Why did I walk into this why, room? Right. Why did I open this thing up, or why did I open my laptop up and open a browser? What was I going to look for? Like, oh yeah, that's happening with increased frequency. Sure it is. Um, Andrew would be like, he'd pop up over your shoulder, and be like, oh, you were looking for that thing. You were thinking, oh, right, 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 right. Yep, yep. You wanted to yeah. see about the LED light that goes behind your TV. <laughs> right, right, right. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, no problem. I did. I mean, that. Goes I back did behind the couch again. Yep. Yeah. He, he can. <laughs> he can. He 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 finds what was on the tip of your tongue, and he retrieves. Or it. your brain tongue. Yeah, brain tongue. Andrew, Carl, Kyle, Terrell, thank you for being patrons. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go at the five dollar or higher level. You get your own patron power. We are nearing the end of the run on the uh, patron powers. Although again, we have a bunch of patrons who. Have upgraded and we skipped, and you, we will get to you after we get to the end, which is very soon. So, Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Then in the future, I think what we'll probably do is wait till we um, accumulate a couple before we. We're not going to do like one on a show. Okay. So we get, get a new patron. I think we'll probably wait till we get like four new patrons. That's Connor like. just making policy uh, on the fly. I'm not, I'm not saying that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm just saying that's probably what we'll do. I don't disagree with it. I just agree. I disagree with the fact that you you just said it to thousands of people, and now that's what I, I have think to what do. We'll do now is that Josh will always have the pick of the week going forward. And uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/fanboy. That's where you can go help us do the show. That's where the, oh. the people help us directly. That keeps the show going, keeps the bills paid, the lights on. And we hit, we hit stretch goals. Our next stretch goals is the monthly non-comics media podcast that we will do in addition to all of our other shows. And also we will upload the missing videos and mini shows we did 10 years ago to the website. So you can watch them. They're funny. You can see us as younger, happier, thinner, shorts, more hopeful people shorts wearing, wearing shorts morons. a long time. Um, I don't, I don't, you can go watch the episode, the mini episode where Josh and I just looked through old, an old binder full of DC villains and laughed for, for five minutes. It's very fun. It's a good time. Uh, so hit the next, we're, 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 we're about 300 bucks for the next stretch goal. So if there's 300 patrons out there who want to give a dollar or, or you know, 100 patrons who want to give $3 or even, you know, patreon.com slash ifanboy, t-shirt store, <laughs> ifanboy.com. You, you just did the We Make Change sketch. <laughs> you need five nickels, four quarters, a dollar. do that. Uh... Was, who was that? That was uh, 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 Downey. Yes. Anyway, the T-shirt store. I know we're, we've, we've been lagging on the new design. That's. I think there's a little bit of uh, the last shirt did so well. <laughs> there's no way it's not going to be a letdown. So Connor, stop mentioning the design that we don't have. <laughs> That's do, what we I have did. One. Uh, anyway, that'll come at some point this year. Patreon. Uh, no, fmboy.thirdless.com. That's where you can find all of our merchandise. Fmboy.com/support. You can help us out directly via PayPal if you just want to throw a couple bucks and not become a patron, which is totally fine. Fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can help us out directly. You can also uh, buy uh, books for the Booksplode as well as uh, shop just generally. And thank you for all who do that support the show. We're skipping listener mail because we went long talking about our comics on Wii in the beginning of the episode. But contact at fanboy.com is where you can email us. Uh, We'll get back to that next week hopefully. I just, earlier, I, I wanted to make this clear when we were talking, when I said I was I was looking for audition tapes. It wasn't for you. Oh, for you? You're out. Yeah, no, yeah. Fuck this noise. <laughs> uh, and for, then you're going to make policy on top of it? I, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, Talksplode. Listen, I make a lot of promises. Mm. But this one, I've got 
I have I have I have to do one. I've I had one that I owed you for December that yep. I said is going to come this month. And I got something scheduled and I think we're going to make it. And then I immediately have to turn around and do another one for next month. And I, yes, I know some people do this on a weekly basis, but I've got kids. And, and you got- know what? It's it's not it's not in your hands totally. You're you're at the whim of the guests and their schedule and, and also, all kinds of things. I don't want to talk to just anybody. I want a conversation that's useful for you and me and them. There's there's very many. I I got a whole thing. Point is, I got somebody new uh, for next month too. I got two people coming on the show that we have never talked to uh, in this format at all and one just not at all so new stuff coming your way i'm pretty excited about it um look forward to that more details to follow alan moore is one of them alan moore is not one of them and i'm never doing that <laughs> i tried to at one point and i'm really glad it didn't work out uh yeah. booksplode is uh, neil adams book three i'm sorry batman by neil adams book three this is the 70s uh a lot of denny o'neill written stuff uh um and and josh and i did five minutes on it before the show yeah, I don't suspect we'll actually get this to you in January, but it will be right after. It'll probably be the first week of February, honestly, if we're yeah. being honest. Um, Again, you got to wait, but we want to do a good show. So, Yes, Patreon Hangout, uh, January 26th, which is basically the day the show comes out. So if you are a patron and you're listening on su- Sunday, this is tonight's The Hangout with Josh and Ron and uh, talking about nonsense um, every m- month for the patrons, which is a lot of fun. I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll figure it out. We always do. Also, as I mentioned last um, week, the Tripwire Awards, if you are interested in helping out, uh, there was a book I worked on last year, Bill Sienkiewicz, Revolution Volume 1, his art book, which I I helped edit. Um, It's up for Best Collection, so if you feel like you might want to help us out and vote for it, everyone can vote for the Tripwire Awards. It's open to the public. The link to vote will be in the show notes, and you can... Vote for that book, and you know you can do all the voting, which it's fun to vote on these things. So, if you would uh, consider voting for Bill Sienkiewicz Revolution Volume One in the Best Collection category, that'd be very nice, and I would thank you for that. And uh, even if we win, I don't, I don't get the award, so that's fine. But only pride. Uh, head pride. Over, head, and even that. Head over to yeah. ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, uh, so that you are all caught up and ready to go on Wonder Twins number 11, or whatever it may be, uh, by going to facebook.com slash ifanboy and, and liking that, and I just feel, I feel dirty even saying that to you, or following at ifanboy on Twitter, even yep. more dirty, or following yep. at ifanboycomics on Instagram, I'm actually kind of cool with that, uh, where we also will do, when I say we, I mean Connor, is doing the best of the week in panels, um, and then of course you can follow us individually at C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram, and Jay Flanagan on Instagram, and Everywhere else, I'm kind of spotty on, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or however you listen to podcasts, wherever there is an aggregator and there's an ability to rate and review, it would be great if you would consider rating and reviewing our show or any podcast you listen to. That's how people find shows, and people make the shows really appreciate that, and thank you very much. Even better than that is to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to help spread the word. And, you know, every day more people are listening to podcasts. And so it's nice when people, even though we've been around for 15 years, it's nice when people ex- discover the show. We, we do love new listeners. And and it's fun to have someone come along and be like, you guys are what? I don't, even know, that I don't know what that means. I don't get any of this. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who does that. We do appreciate it. Again, we're long, so I'm going to wrap it up. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Sorry. Yeah. Those are the three things I want to convey. It's
Goodbye. Thank you. I'll take the lamb. There, the crevasse.